This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. Glad to be with you this morning. Coming up this hour, is Chicago ready for Google's big expansion? We'll discuss. Plus, should a resume ever be more than two pages? We'll get to the bottom of this and other job application mysteries with a panel of career coaches. But first, new reporting out from the Chicago Tribune this morning shows that the Chicago Police Department is moving to encrypt its radio communications. CPD plans to move all of its radios to digitally encrypted channels by the end of this year. That means that journalists and members of the public will no longer be able to simply turn on a police scanner to hear about events that are unfolding in real time. Critics like the ACLU and our first guest today say the development raises concerns about transparency. So joining us now to discuss is Adam Scott Want, Assistant Professor and Vice Chair for Technology at the Department of Public Management at John Jay College of Criminal Justice. Welcome to Reset, Professor. Shasha, thank you for having me. So this move by Chicago Police, it's part of a national trend. You know, we're seeing departments in Colorado and California and other states, they're making similar moves. So what do you make of this? You know, it's definitely part of a national trend and it has been for a while There are certainly positives and negatives on both sides of this issue. It's not so simple. Um, But I think that there are compromises that could be made along the way. So I want to step back a a moment. For folks who are listening who haven't actually heard a police scanner before, Professor, can you talk a little bit about what the public or a member of the media would hear? Absolutely. Absolutely. So all police departments across the nation, um, or at least most of them, uh, transmit using police radios on different radio frequencies. Many police departments have multiple frequencies for different uses. Some frequencies would be used for general dispatch. Some frequencies would be used for car-to-car or officer-to-officer communication. And some frequencies could be used for tactical reasons. And um, throughout history, uh, these frequencies have been unencrypted and the general public, as well as the media, could go to um, a Best Buy or in the past Radio Shack and buy what we call radio scanner equipment, specific devices that are meant not to transmit on, but to listen to most radio frequencies, including police, fire, EMS. Mm -hmm. So there has been a trend over many decades of both the public and, in my opinion, more important, the media being able to monitor police radio dispatches and communications. And in most regards, this has led to increased transparency and accountability of the police department. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I can totally relate to what you're talking about, Professor. I worked for many years as a reporter and as a producer in Toronto, and I remember being, you know, almost joint at the hip with a police scanner at one point. I mean, it was connected to my email. It was connected to everything. And, and, you know, Saturday overnights, Sunday overnights, when there's a lot of things happening on the streets, it was the fastest way for us to know how to, you know, when to dispatch a a photographer, when to dispatch, you know, a, a cameraman. So a move like this, to me, makes it much harder for journalists to simply do their job and report the news. I agree with you um, wholeheartedly. Uh, You know, to make matters more interesting, over the past decade or so, you don't even need to go and buy a radio frequency scanner because many of these radio 
frequencies and channels are broadcast over the internet right. to web browsers or to mobile phones. And, you know, I understand and appreciate uh, a police department and the problems that they see in unencrypted communications. So I think we should acknowledge them. There are some very significant problems in everyday people being able to listen to police radio frequencies. And in my opinion, the first and most significant problem is that very often victims of crimes or victims of motor vehicle accidents or medical emergencies, they have their personal information, their names, their date of birth, mm -hmm. what type of crime broadcast over the radio frequencies. And, you know, to have this type of personal information broadcasted over the radio frequencies, if they were a victim of an assault or a burglary or, God forbid, a worse crime, yeah. to have this personal information broadcast over the radio frequencies where any member of the public could listen to it, I fully understand and appreciate that that is a problem, yeah. especially in today's modern connected society. On top of that, the, the police department, they, need, they do need a level of operational security. So when they are out responding to calls, when they're going to bank robberies in progress or um, a mass casualty incident, uh, an active shooter, God forbid, mm -hmm. I do understand those police officers need for an additional layer of security so that the criminals cannot directly monitor the police response right which we know they have done before this is not hypothetical this does happen um so i i do understand the police department's take on this that they want to provide additional security yeah. and i think that some of that if not most of the things i just brought up are legitimate but it takes into um account, it does not take into account something fairly important. And that is the media. That is um, the reporters, the news, yeah. uh, being able to monitor. And just to be clear, Professor, the public will still be able to access these uh, this police scanner chatter, right? It's just now it's not until about 30 minutes afterward. There's a delay. Is that correct? Different departments. Different departments are doing it in different ways, uh, but the way that uh, Chicago has announced is that they're going to broadcast it over the radio with a 30-minute delay, but then they also said some information might be censored, uh, and they have not released criteria as to what information might be censored, which yeah. is a concern. Um, and yeah, go ahead. So, yeah, just on that very point, you talked about, you explained, you know, encrypting these communications would actually protect the privacy of individuals, which sounds like a good thing. It, it is a good thing. And to be straightforward, I am not sure broadcasting it over the internet with a 30 minute delay gives that much protection to individuals, to crime victims. It certainly might increase operational security uh, for police officers, but it certainly doesn't do much um, to protect the 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 inform, you know the identities or medical conditions of victims, um, and I think that there are better ways for Chicago to approach this than what they are doing now. Yeah, this is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. If you're just tuning in, we're speaking with Adam Scott Want of John Jay College of Criminal Justice. He's a professor, lawyer, and expert on cyber investigations and cyber law. 
We learned this morning from some excellent reporting in the Chicago Tribune that Chicago police are moving to encrypt all of their radio communications by the end of the year. And we're discussing what that could mean for transparency and more. Now, one note, we did invite Tribune reporter Paige Fry to the conversation today, but uh, she was unable to to join us on such short notice. You can actually check out her report at chicagotribune.com if you're interested. Uh, Professor, I want to kind of go back to something that you talked about before, and that was officer safety, right? At a press conference this summer on the topic of encryption, Superintendent David Brown said, there's no secrecy or lack of transparency. It's just related to officer safety. And then he went on to say, you know, we don't want any nefarious radio traffic to to lead to officers being injured or hurt. Talk more about that, uh, because it sounds like he has a point, uh, Professor. I'm hearing stories of of false calls sending officers to a scene where there are no criminals, just other officers, and that could lead to something that's very dangerous. I I think the superintendent is right, and I do um, understand and appreciate the problems that uh, the police have with operational security and the ability for the public and potentially criminals to monitor live police traffic. I I think that that is a legitimate concern. And the plan from the Chicago Police Department does address that one concern. But there are a lot of other concerns, such as privacy of victims. Mm -hmm. And there are also transparency issues that are not being dealt with by this specific type of plan. And and talking about those concerns, another one is is sometimes members of the public use police scanners illegally, right? Can you give more examples of that? No, I think think a great example of using a police scanner illegally would be to have one in your vehicle and use it to avoid a DWI checkpoint uh, if you're out, you know, drinking one night and don't want to get caught up in a checkpoint. There have also been many uh, cases where criminals, uh, like bank robbers, for example, Mm -hmm. or burglars, have monitored police frequencies in order to understand what the police are, where the police are, and any potential response to their specific circumstance or the specific crime that they're committing. So uh, I have very little doubt that locking um, those criminals out of live radio broadcasts um, is a good thing, because I do think it is. Do police departments ever provide encrypted access to journalists? You know, it's something that we've been talking about for a good period of time, and it's something that would be very easy to do. Um, Giving registered journalists access to live police broadcasts, in my opinion, does resolve the transparency and accountability issues. And that could be done two different ways. Uh, The first way it could be done is issuing journalists police radios that don't transmit and only receive. Mm -hmm. Um, And if they don't want to occur that expense, the second way to do it would be to have a feed set up over the internet where a journalist has to register and log into that would allow those journalists to hear the live police transmissions. Um, I don't know of any incidents where police departments have done this practice. Mm -hmm. I've certainly researched it. Um, I do think it is an excellent idea that would help address the accountability and transparency issues here. Uh, And it's not technically hard to pull off at all. So bottom line, Professor, if more police departments adopt this model of 
encrypted communications? Who wins and who loses? The public loses overall due to lack of transparency. Uh, transparency and accountability is critical when it comes to government administration and police ethics and behavior. Um, so I, I think that these encrypted frequencies, specific locking the media and reporters out, is a, a giant lose that's important to acknowledge. Who wins is the police officers out on the street. Their safety will be improved and their operational security on all different types of calls will be improved. Um, and in most cases, crime victims will have a greater level of privacy, but not with the model that Chicago police is currently adopting. That's Adam Scott Wand, assistant professor and vice chair of technology in the Department of Public Management at John Jay College of Criminal Justice. Thank you so much for joining us.